inside of us and giving us your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the revelation that you give us, Father, and I know that your word will open our eyes to see, will wash our hearts clean, and prepare us for the call that you have on our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I tell you a little bit about how I do things. I have a tendency, when I listen to a message, I take notes. And then I go back for seconds. And I want to encourage you all to do that. When you have a speaker, um, go back for seconds because you, you, you'll leave something. You'll leave something there. And, and you know, think the last time Pastor Roy said something and I, I went back for seconds. You know, I went digging a little bit more. And today I want to talk about, we had a, a speaker come in, come in, it was the 3rd of November. I would call him Big John. And he got me thinking about some things. And, um, and one of the things that I want to kind of cover first is on that Sunday morning, he had a word for us. And I want to go over that word again. Because I, when I read the word again, it's kind of like, is that really what he said? I, I, I went through it several times, my notes. And then I decided I'm going to go back and listen to it, <laughs> you know, because um, sometimes uh, an accent, I can have some difficulty with it sometimes. And when you're taking notes, you might miss some things. But this was the Holy Spirit gave him this word, this word for us. It says, tell my people uh, uh, to forget the former things. Tell, tell them not to bo- uh, bother about their past and present and uh, powerful experiences. Now, I didn't know what palatable experiences were, so I, I looked up. <laughs> you know. And palatable is the acceptable or the agreeable thing that, you know, what's been done, you know, we've, we've been there, done that, we, this is how we have always done things. And he's saying, don't, we're, we're doing a new thing. And then he goes on to say, for I am Jehovah Elohim. I'm doing a new thing. It will become a reality in your life if you believe. So we all have a choice to believe the prophecy, the same way that all those great examples in the Bible did. And I, you know, it, it just got me thinking, wow, I want to be a part of this new thing. You know, I don't want to just hear the word. I want to be a part of this new thing. Don't you? Well, if you don't know what the new thing is, how can you be a part of it? If you just listen to it, oh, that's nice. And never go back and look at it. You're going to forget it. I mean, I've looked at it several times, and, 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 and there's just different neat nuances. And, you know, I don't want to be sitting on the sidelines. I want to be in the big, fat middle of this new thing. And I want to encourage people that if you don't want to be in the middle of it, ask God what is wrong. <laughs> because something is wrong. You know, when I don't want to go to church, there's something is wrong. <laughs> you know? And um, I want to believe like Abraham. I want to believe like Noah. And I can. Nowhere in the Word does it say you can't believe like them. We're encouraged to, to, to be like them. And, and, and then, he, and then he, he, I'm going to go back to the prophecy here. And he says, everything that you have discussed until now... Our former things. Everything we have experienced before coming into this auditorium at that time are old things. 
from this point forward are new things. Today is a month is a month after he said that. So we're in the new things. And this got me thinking, am I is my mind thinking new things? Is my heart open to new things? I'm I'm just trying to examine my this is where I'm at. And it's not a bad place, and I want to encourage you guys to examine. Are you open to the new things? You know, you can only go as far as you're willing to go. Never does it say, I've looked, God dragged them yelling and screaming. (laughs) It never said that. You know, the Lord reminded me one time, he said, every time you're obedient to what I've told you to do, you're blessed. And that is so, and that's not just for me. That's everyone. Now, if you do it, and you step out in faith and go, where is it, God? Where is it, God? Because that's not what we're talking about. It's when you start walking, and you're walking, and then the blessings chase you down. But if you sit there and wait, where is it? And even look back, where is it? You know, you just walk. You walk. And as you walk, sometimes you're walking towards the blessing. And you don't even know it because you can't see the blessing. God doesn't, hangle, you know, doesn't dangle that carrot in front of us. And so we just go until we reach the carrot. But he, but he gives us promises that we can't see the carrot. But the carrot that he has is much better than those cartoons have when you're seeing someone chasing those things. So I'm praying about this. You know, I'm praying. I, I pray multiple times, Lord, you know. Open my eyes, open my eyes, open my eyes. And when I was praying that one day, I felt the Spirit said, everybody needs to be praying that. We all need to be praying that. Sometimes we just can't see. I can't see stuff. Because my mind thinks a certain thing, and it is so weird that I'm thinking this, and all of a sudden it's like, I didn't know that was there. (laughs) And, And I think everyone can relate to that. Well, the problem is, I, my mind, it takes it a while to get to, you know, it's, it's, it's focused on old things. God wants us focused on new things. You know, um, I'm skip, uh, you know, Lot's family, you know, the wife looked back. He looked, she looked back. I don't want to be looking back. Even if the old stuff is good, we can remember the good stuff. But I want to be going from glory to glory to glory. And the only way you can do that, if you sit there and just rest in this glory here, you're not going to go to the next glory. This is good, yeah. But what he has for us is so much better. And he wants me to to encourage y'all to go from glory to glory to glory and don't settle at just that one. In this point, in this time, don't settle for just one scoop. Go back for seconds. Go back for thirds. It's a God of plenty. And when I'm talking about the plenty, I'm not just talking about riches and things like that. What's more important than those things is revelation. What's more important than those things is just spending time with the Lord. Um, Seeing God, the beauty of what he's done in your own life and other people's lives. That's where um, I see riches now. I guess when you get older... You start seeing things a little bit differently. So I want to go back to back to Big John here. Um, uh, well, one, one more point I want to make about new things is Noah did a new thing. Think about it. He'd never seen rain before. They had never seen rain before. 
And he's out there building this boat. People thought he was crazy. But guess what? Those people missed the boat. I don't want to miss the boat. God is prophesied over this church. He has told us things that are are going to happen. You can come on the boat. You can be a part of building the boat. When you're part of building the boat, you know the best places to sit. I mean, you know where the good vantage point is. You know, I like, you know, but if you're, I don't want to be a visitor. I want to be someone I can say, I built this section over here. Come on in. You know, there's, you can take pride in something like that. But I want to point out, people thought he was crazy. The Holy Spirit might give us some crazy thoughts about the direction of the church. We, we, we've got to let go of that so that we can do this new thing that he says he's doing in our church. So ask God to help you let go. Ask God to expand your mind and expand your thinking. Pray about it. And then back to what uh, Big John said, he said that, he, he uh, stated that the Holy Spirit gave him a vision of, uh, for, the, uh, for this uh, auditorium that we're in right now. And he had a vision of this auditorium before we built it. Okay. And now the Lord has given him another vision. But before he t- shared that vision with us, he asked for the, the leaders to come up and he wanted to pray for them. And I, was, I took this out of my notes, but I'm going to say it anyway. Some of our leaders weren't here. And I'm glad that I was here, you know. But, wow, I don't want to miss the boat. I don't want to hear what's happening from somebody else. I want to be there when it's happening. You know, I can, I can say, I was there when he said that. I was one of the people he prayed for. You know? Now, people have things that are going on, but we have to have the attitude of, I don't want to miss out. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. This stuff will last for the rest of our life. People will stand in line for, for, for you know, I, well, I did. <laughs> good Friday. It was uh, uh, Black Friday or whatever it was. You know, get, get the deals. Well, we've got the best deal in the, in, on earth. That's the best deal. You know, people will get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go stand in line. Um, but I just, enough said about that. But, but he asked, you know, he prayed for the leaders. And after he prayed for the leaders, I thought it was interesting. And I, and I, I looked at my notes and I had, to read, I had to go listen to this again. And he said that this is a new season and there's a new team. I didn't hear that before. I looked at my notes. There's a new team. Oh, Lord, I hope I'm on that team. (laughs) I want to be. I want to be. There is a new season, and this is a new season of outreach, reaching out to people. And it's kind of funny. I I looked up outreach because um, outreach is reaching out to people. A lot of times we think about reaching out to, yeah. and and Big John said later on, we'll we'll talk about that, reaching out to the nations. But we also need to reach out to the people in our church. You know, one of the problems a lot of pastors' kids have problems because the, the, the pastors are pouring out into the congregation and, and, their, and their kids don't get taken care of. We need to take care of, we need to do, do an outreach, not just for the community, 
but we need to do an outreach for, for our family. You know, I think about when, uh, when God gave Abraham the promises and he made the covenant with Abraham. He told Abraham, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but he told Abraham to, um, to circumcise every child born in his house and all the people he'd bought from foreigners. So by doing that, he was taking care of his own. And he was taking care of the foreigners that he purchased. And those people, they had a, that, 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 that was letting them know, okay, you're a part of the promises that my God has given me. So every time someone was born, okay, a male was born, it was continually, think about it, it was continually being done. Circumcision, you know, the promises was, you know, it, it, just, it, was, a, it, was, just, it was just reinforced, reinforced, reinforced every time. Now, now, this is a different time, but the point was he marked his people. <laughs> These are my people. And if you don't want to be my people, then, then, then you have to leave. But he took care of his own. And when you read through that, he had, he had what, 300, 400 people? I mean, he had, he had lots of people. But uh, so, um, you know, so th- then, then he went on to say that, uh, that um, he had a vision of the youth coming up, you know, filling place. But he said this auditorium is going to be uh, for the, the youth church. And people got excited about the youth church, and that's wonderful. But then he also, he also said, and we're going to need a bigger auditorium for the rest of us. So it's not just that our youth is growing, but the other is growing. And we've got to do things. You, you think about it. Noah built a boat. Okay, God told him what was going to happen. Okay, He started building things, not even knowing about rain. But we have, to be, we have to listen to the Holy Spirit to know what we should be building. And we need to be telling, like he, he, he told his kids what was going on. And because they trusted their, their, their Noah, they, they were obedient to their father. He raised them right. We need to raise our people right. So that when we say, and, and I, 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 I'm not wanting to step on toes or anything, I'm just... This is what I'm hearing from this because I'm excited. I want to encourage you to be a part of the winning team. Not just to sit on the sidelines and it's great. I can tell you, people, you know, people who can't play football love to sit on the side and root for their team. But as an athlete, don't look like it right now, but as an athlete, you want to be in the game. That is where the real fun is. You want to be used. You want your talents. When, when your talents are used, there's a satisfaction that comes from that. When you're not being used, there's a dissatisfaction that comes from that. And I want people, if you want to be satisfied, get yourself in a position to be used. And you've got to have the right attitude about it. Not one of those things like, okay, I'm helping with this. Where's my blessing? I'm helping with that. Where's my blessing? That's not what it is. It's like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I need to love them. Oh, I don't know them. You want me to go to them and tell them I love them? I don't even know their name, you know. Well, you know, it, go ahead. And if you love somebody, tell them. If, if God's put something on your heart, do it. Walk out in faith. It might mean nothing for you. 
But it might mean something for them, or it might just mean that you need to do it for whatever reason. There's, it doesn't have to make sense to us. See, we want to make sense of everything we do. I want to say that again. We want to make, it's got to fit our logic. Well, God is so far above us that we can't comprehend all the things that he has done. You know, scientists are still trying to comprehend, you know, you know they're still studying the earth. They're, start, they're, they're studying human bodies, and they're still studying everything, but God knows everything because he created everything. So um, let's get ready. And I want to pray this again. Lord, open our eyes to see this new season. Lord, we don't want to look back. We don't want to look back. We want to look forward. Lord, I don't want to be the same person tomorrow that I was today. I want to be changing, Father. I want these people to be changing, Lord. Um, And I thank you, Lord, that your word talks about changing us. And we, and you won't put anything more on us than, than what we can handle, Father. But just help soften our hearts to hear and motivate us to change into what your plan is for our lives. Amen. You know, God is the only one that doesn't change. He's the only one. And he doesn't have to change because he's perfect. We're not. If anyone gets perfected before they die, then you don't have to change. But you know what? I, I, maybe you'll be taken away like Enoch. Who knows? <laughs> you get that perfect. But, but you know, I t- told you before, we need to change from glory to glory. I love, you know, when I was, I've been singing this as I've been working on this. You know, there's a, there's a song, you know, uh, Glory to Glory. And I love it. It says, we go from glory to glory to glory. We'll never be the same. We'll never be the same. We go from glory to glory to glory. We're forever changed. We're forever changed. I mean, that is a good song. We sing it. We get excited. But do we mean it? Do we mean it? I mean it most of the time. Most of the time. I wish I was 100%, but I'm not. But I want to get there. Um, so, you know, we have to be willing to change if, you know, if we want to go to the glory to glory. And um, that's, you know, you know, what is, I mean, that truly is the way of life, the way God had planned it. You know, that's truly living. But most people just exist. People exist in the church. They get up in the morning, they go to work, they come home, they cook dinner, they watch a little TV, they go to sleep, do, you know, go to work. They're too tired. Just, just, they just exist, and, and they're like, oh, Wednesday night, I'm too tired. <laughs> you know, look, <laughs> you know, some of the pastor's best teaching. Well, it's all good, but I mean, stuff that I'll go back for, you know, thirds and fourths on, and some of the stuff he teaches on a, on a Wednesday night. I want to go from glory to glory. You don't go from glory to glory sitting there watching TV or laying in bed, you know. And so uh, that's enough about the prophecy. But the next day he talked about um, 
the five elements to help us walk with God. And that's the thing. I'm talking about walking with God. When you walk with God, you go from glory to glory to glory. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Forward and forward and forward. I'll never be the same. Never be the same. Because I'm going to walk from glory, not sit down and sit down. I'll be the same. I'll just be the same. I mean, you may not be saying that, but the, that's the enemy saying, she'll be the same. She'll be the same, you know. And we've got we to be careful about that because it's so easy just to sit there and, and exist. And life is so much more powerful than that. If you look at people that are excited, they're not just existing. And there's a difference between pretending that everything, oh, I'm blessed, everything's fine, everything's fine, you know. I'm just staying right here. I'm not walking, I'm not moving, but everything's great until you get home. And then you can just take that shell off and be yourself. And I want to encourage people that if you have a tendency to not move forward, just ask God to help you. Ask him to help you. The biggest mistakes I've made in my life is waiting too long to ask for help and trying to do it myself. And you know what? When I do it myself, I take all the credit. You think about it. I'm not going to. I had a lot of scripture here. It's all in Genesis, you know. Uh, but I'm just going to talk here. And uh, but um, Abraham. We first hear about Abraham in Genesis 11, and it, it, it says that you know Terah, Terah, Terah. His father begot him. And I was kind of curious about Terah. I don't know much about him. But basically, he, he worshipped idols. And they lived in a town that worshipped idols. That's where Abraham came from. If he has an excuse not to do something, he had some bad teaching. And, and uh, maybe he heard some of the stories from his... what. Great, 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 great grandfather Noah. But I'm sure they got watered down throughout the years. But that's pretty miraculous what happened to Noah. And I'm sure some of his family probably still talked about some of that. And there was some, you know, there was there were stories because it still it still survived today. But but somehow Abraham believed that God existed. And so Abraham, so God says to Abraham. You have to leave your country. Well, you know, you got to leave that idolatry. You got to leave all of that. And you, you, you want to know why wouldn't someone leave that? Well, that's all they know. You know, you can be you can be comfortable, you know, in the in the pig's pen if that's all you know. You know, and so, and I, you know, so he he believed. And you know, when you when you look at Abraham. And I might, I think it's good to look at the promise. So, Kathy, I want to go ahead and look at, it, at Genesis 12, 1 through 5. I don't know what time it is. And it says that now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to, the, to that land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
thank you, Lord, because I'm one of those families. Thank you, Lord. I received that. Thank you, Lord. And so he had to depart because he, he was, God was doing a new thing with him. And he, had, he stepped out in faith. And we like to think, oh, well, he stepped out in faith, and it was just faith, 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 faith. And I'm going to, you know, I kind of covered this in my class a little bit, but he didn't do everything right. You know, um, in, um, there was a famine. In a famine, you know, I've tried to do some research on this famine. It lasted for a while. It wasn't like just a six-month fam- famine. But it's kind of hard. I could have done more research, but, but I didn't. But, but it, it took long enough for the famine to hit where he was at in Canaan, you know, and for him to know that Egypt was doing better, had water and stuff. So, and he packed up his stuff, you know, and he went to Egypt. Now, God had said this promise to him. They had all, the, you know, all these cattle and all these people and all this kind of stuff. But out of fear, he lies about Sarah being his sister. Because he's afraid that she is so beautiful that the king is going to kill him so he can have his wife. Does that sound like he trusted God at that moment? And so he lied. But God is faithful. God protected Abraham and God protected Sarah and made sure that the king didn't, you know, have any personal time with her. And, um, and that they had to be there for a while. Think about it. It was a famine. A famine. He didn't get there and the famine ended, stayed a couple nights and left. He was there for a while, lying the entire time. And he never came clean until he was busted. (laughs) And they said, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 I lied. I lied. I was afraid you're going to kill me because you didn't know God. And guess what? He wasn't killed because God was faithful and protected him and Sarah. So Abraham messes up. God is faithful. We mess up, God is faithful. Okay, so, you know, uh, they were so blessed that Lot and him had to separate because the land couldn't sustain them. And so there's a separation. I'm not going to talk about that because I want to talk about, about what, um, I am just going to go to the end of my notes because this is really <laughs> what I want to talk about. And I can tell the stories. But, you know, you, you can go in Genesis. You can read the stories. It doesn't take that long. If you want to, just listen. I, I listened to it on the way to work the other day. It takes about 30 minutes to listen to Abraham. And I think it's, I listen to it. It's good to hear things over and over again because you, you can think, why would he do that? Why would he do that? So I'm just going to kind of back it up here. So at age 75, that is when Ab- that's when God, uh, um, you know, uh, talked to Abraham and Abraham took that first walk. He believed, and he took his first walk at age 75. So in between age 75 and 85, because there was a famine in there, so he had some time to travel to Canaan, get set up, and do some things, okay? So I would, it's probably at least at, about eight, at age 80. That's when he lies to, to Pharaoh about his, his wife. Okay, and God's response is he reminds him of his promises. Doesn't punish him. He leaves with all of his stuff. See, our God is a merciful God. If we don't believe our God is merciful, okay, then we'll mess up and we'll never, you know, his mercy causes change. We need to know he's merciful. And he'll help us with that. 
Okay, so then, so then age 86, that's when Hagar, let me back up for a moment, at age 85, okay, so God has told him he's going to have children, have a son. So they're trying for 10 years. So after 10 years, when he's 85 years old, Sarai says, hey, I got to, you know, why don't we try this? Okay, God was doing a new thing. They work something out in the flesh. You know, I, I read and I read and I read. It, it, he never said that I saw. Did, did God ever ask, is Sarah going to bore this child? Or did he just assume because of his thinking she's just too old? He was probably having a hard enough time believing that he would bore, bear a son. Because if you think about it, at that point, he was 85 years old. You know they've been trying, especially when God... Could you imagine? I'm going to give an example of walking and not doing what they did. But, you know, they're trying. Is it going to be tonight? He said, oh, it's going to be tonight. It's going to be tonight. <laughs> it's going to be tonight. It's going to be... You know, you know. Could you imagine for 10 years this is going to happen? So, well i got to come up with a plan. And so Hagar, I mean, uh, Sarai came up with a plan. And that plan backfired as soon as she got pregnant. Because uh, um, Hagar despised Sarai. And, you know, it, that, could you imagine someone throwing that in your face? But God made, you know, what, and what does God do after Ishmael is born? He makes it at age 96, so 10 years after Ishmael is born, God makes a covenant with him. And that's when he tells him, you know, to seal the covenant, the circumcision. At age 99, he changes their names to Abram and Sarah. And he says, Sarah is going to bear that child. At age 99, they even laughed about it because what... That means that he'd be 100 and she'd be 80 when they, they had the child. But God tells them this is going to happen. Even at some point sends the angels their way and tells them it's going to happen. I mean, I mean, boom, 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 this is going to happen. And then what happens? Once again, they're on their journey. He lies about Sarah being his sister. Uh, don't judge him harshly. I want you to see God's mercy in this. If God is that merciful with him, it doesn't matter if we have made a mistake. God is bigger than any of our mistakes. And he can get, he can, he can get us through our mistakes. So don't quit. God didn't, and God didn't quit on Abraham. God knows how the story ends. And, so, and what happens when he, he lies? Once again... Sarah is protected, Abraham is protected, but this time the king gives him more stuff, pays him, was it uh, like uh, was it 20, 20,000 pieces of silver or something? I mean, it gives him, or 2,000 pieces of silver. And, um, and also, has, then after all that's happened, Abraham pray, prays for the household and they're all healed. Okay, so this is Abraham. He knew enough to know that he could pray for the whole household and they could be healed. It doesn't make sense. Well, sometimes our thinking doesn't make sense. 
Isn't it weird how we can have faith for this, but we can't have faith for that? Well, the problem is our minds need to be renewed. Our hearts need to be renewed. We have an enemy that reminds us, you lied, you cheated, you kicked your dog, whatever it might be, you're just scum. You can't do this because, oh, George says you can't because you're divorced. Whatever it might be, the enemy will throw anything at you. And our response should be what God's response is. I'm a child of God. My God is merciful. I can do all things through God, Christ, who strengthens me. I made a mistake. That was yesterday. Today's a new day. I don't have to settle for less. Too many Christians settle for less. I've settled for less. I don't want to do that anymore. It's not being greedy to to want what's been given to you. We're not stealing from somebody else. When someone gives you something, hallelujah, take it. (laughs) You know, take it. It, it, that might be blessing them and blessing you in the process. We, you know, um, we have to be careful of our responses to people. But if we have the wrong response, we can go back and we can say, I'm sorry, I messed up. Because it doesn't matter who's right. What matters is that we want God, God's plan to go, to go forward. So I want to, a lot of times... We do things a certain. It's kind of funny. If you got something that's working, this happens in corporate America. You, you've got a plan, and uh, I remember we were kicking off this this program, and it was called. Uh, now I forgot what it's called. Uh, um, oh, our corporate values. And everybody on the executive team said, "Been there, done that." It's kind of like a company that comes out and they have employee of the month. And then that, how long does that happen, really? You know, it just gets boring because the same person gets... It takes effort to find out who's the employee of the month. You don't, you don't want to give it to George every time. And, you know, then George, he messes up, so you can't give it to him again. You, whatever it might, he parked in my parking spot, so, you know, he's bad. But it was... But all of us had the problem with... Because he was presenting this thing, and we none of us, including me, could see that it could go. And the problem was... Since I was a director of human resources, I had no choice but to get behind it. And I was the one that had to sell it to all of the other managers and make them, I doubled their work. And the whole time, to be honest with you, I kind of wanted it to fail. Because wasn't my idea, you know. I didn't think it was going to work. Been there, done that. We've tried things like whatever. But we put some good incentives in place. And one of the things that, and I was obedient to do what my boss told me to do. And we ended up kicking out a program in the U.S., well, in Houston. Then I kicked it out to Mobile. Then we kicked it out to um, a a form of it to to the U.K., to Scotland. Then we kicked out a form of it to um, Norway. And I got to spearhead that everywhere we went. We had to modify it because of different laws in the area. But it was something very simple. We paid our employees to have their values. And I, I don't know, I'm, sh- I'm just sharing with you this, this new 
off-the-rails, out-of-the-box plan that nobody could see could even work. And this is in the natural. It was so different. And nobody wanted to do the extra work. But it ended up solving a lot of our problems. It helped us get rid of bad employees. <laughs> it helped us keep the good employees. I mean, this was a great program. I hope they're still using it. It was work. And sometimes when you just step out and do something because out of obedience, you may, you may not totally believe what's happening, but your act of obedience, you can be, I, I got to be a part of that. You know what? There were other people that just didn't want it to work. I got all the glory. Because I was the one that implemented it. And because I saw it firsthand and I saw the benefits that it had, I got the glory and I reaped the benefits. I got bonuses. I got raises. And not to mention in human resources, we had retention. I mean, all kinds of things happened just out of that simple act of obedience. So do if you, if you can't wrap your mind around it, just be obedient. Because it can come, it's like, and not, it's kind of like when, you, when you're learning to ride a bike. It's hard to imagine that you're not going to fall over until you ride the bike and do it yourself. We've got to ride the bike. We've got to ride the bike. The training wheels are there to help us from falling, but at some point, I tell you what, it's a whole lot more fun when you take those training wheels off. It's a whole lot more fun. God has set things in motion that will keep us standing. There are so many laws of physics and things that we don't even know about. We don't know all of the angels and all of the, the word and all the prayers that are happening on our behalf. Generations of people have been praying for us. Jesus prays for us. The apostles pray for us. Grandmas pray for us. We've got a lot of people in our corner. But we have to be willing to step out. You know, I shared the story with you guys about, well, I shared it with somebody, about when I was going through the, uh, when my husband was um, sick and um, had some tough days. When someone has cancer and it's eating their body away and they're, and they're in serious pain and they can't walk or eat. And um, I would come into prayer, and, and um, Mike and the pastor, at that point it was just us that would get here in the mornings, and, and there were some days Mike would have a word for me of encouragement. And, and, and I remember, and I would cry. And, I, and it made me mad that I would cry, you know, because I wanted to be strong. I don't want to need encouragement. I'm a big girl, you know. They're going to think I'm weak. That's what, those are the kind of ideas that I had. And I was just the whole way from church to, to Kluge and Grant. I'm, I'm saying that. And I get to the stoplight, and the Lord shows me a vision. And it's me. I'm a boxer in good shape, wearing my boxing get-up, you know, had my gloves on. And, and, and I was fighting my opponent. The bell rings. I go back in my corner. In my corner was the pastor and Mike. I can't tell you which one, but one of them was squirting water in my mouth and telling me, what my opponent's weaknesses were. And the other one was rubbing my shoulders. And I don't know which one patted my butt when I walked back onto the, the thing. But, but I saw the whole thing. It was encouragement. And, I, and, 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 I, and, and, and when I got back in there, 
in, in that, that vision, the Lord said, a champion needs someone in their corner. Don't ever look at that as being weak. You're going back out. And I didn't do it alone. I had people standing with me. There's strength in numbers. Well, the Lord showed me something else. I got, got to get out of the corner. I could stay there where they're rubbing my shoulders and squirting water in my mouth. <laughs> A lot of Christians just want to stay in the corner. <laughs> but you know what? When you go out and fight, you're the champion and you have victory. In the corner, you just stay the way that you are. We need to get out of our... And that, and I need to get out of my corner. I'm not just saying... I, I share things with you guys because God talks to me in different... Every, God talks to everybody differently, you know. And, but I want to encourage you. Get out of your corner. I don't know. But God wants... He, he's got something in store for you. You're praying for something. Things are going to get freed up. Keep fighting. Keep going out. It's going to change. I don't know what that is. But if we stay in the corner, we'll never have a victory. We can play it safe. You know, um, I want to learn from my mistakes. I don't want to create Ishmael's. You know, Ishmael's still around. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you look, I, I had a chart and I thought I had too much information. Oh, we got three minutes, so I got to get to her, wrap this up. But if we try to do it on our own, we can take credit for it and we won't see God in it. God can outdo anything we can do on our own. I think it's interesting, you know, Abraham several times he said, No, I want to pay. Because I don't want to receive this from you because I don't want you to get the glory. I want God to get the glory. Okay. That says to me, I need to hold on because I don't want me to get the glory. Because <laughs> I, 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 I've had to, God's dealt with pride for me for a long time. And, and I love the fact that God deals with pride with me in so many different ways. Because I think I spent a big part of my Christian life, life taking credit for what he's done for me. <laughs> And now I'm at the point, I don't want to take credit for what he's doing in my life. Because you know what? He can do so much more. I'm settling. If, I'm, if I'm, I'm settling if I'm letting him do the things in my life that I can take credit for. I don't want to settle anymore. I want to be a part of this new season. I want all of y'all to be a part of this new season. I want us to be doing the victory march for a little while in this season, and then we're going to go from glory to glory to glory. I want to wake up excited, you know, excited about the Lord every day. That's a much better existence than hitting snooze or, or whatever it might be. You know, I, I like watching TV as much as the next guy, but let me tell you something. TV does not edify. And I'm not saying you can't watch TV, you know, but, but I tell you what edifies is the Word, revelation. But the problem is we want instant gratification. 
And God doesn't give, when, when you start getting mature, you don't get that instant gratification. Because you know what? When you, get, when you live on instant gratification, then you never really appreciate what you got. You spoil a kid, they don't appreciate anything they have. You spoil an adult, they won't appreciate anything they have. God knows that. So God is going to let us get out of our way so he can bless us. So I've learned that the quicker I get out of his way, (laughs) the quicker, and basically the quicker I'm obedient to what he's telling me to do, the quicker the blessing comes. But there are some blessings that takes a while. Abraham was 75 years old when God spoke this over him. 25 years later is when his son, you know, was born. And I love it. You know, Big John said, you know, that that Abraham may not have been so impatient if he knew how long he was going to live. Well, you know what? If it's going to take a while for God to bless me in this area, then I need to live longer. That's a promise to us. So I hope that you're encouraged tonight. I want to just close with a prayer. And just, just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your examples in the Bible. Thank you, Lord, not only did you save us, but you filled us with your Holy Spirit that gives us the power and the anointing to do what you've called us to do. So I know, Lord, that our minds can be changed, our hearts can be changed, and we will go from glory to glory, not dragging our feet, but hooping and hollering all the way there. And we thank you, Lord, that we get to be in the game. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, thank you all. And if y'all could stay and help move the chairs around, we'd appreciate that.